Welcome, welcome, welcome to this, what I think is the eighth episode of the GFP Podcast and Blast. I'm not really sure, but I think it's eight. I'm your host, Chris Hull, and it is early December, and we are now in the teens for shopping days until Christmas, and I haven't started my shopping yet. Yikes. Not good. Family, though, has begun baking and making for the holiday season. I made some Tom and Jerry batter, which is excellent if you don't know what Tom and Jerry's are, and you are of age, you should probably try one. Made a bunch of deer jerky last weekend. Um, Wife and daughter spent or what was to be the snow day on Sunday, but it really wasn't in pier, making cookies and peanut butter balls. I've got to get on making some Nifla soup and possibly some tiger meat for the very near future. Tiger meat, big family tradition with the hulls. And uh, probably roll out some oyster stew and prime rib for Christmas. But uh, that's neither here nor there. I do, however, have a couple of tasty treats for you today. We're talking winter waterfowl. With a couple of great guests, first up, my man Tim Withers. Tim works for Game Fish and Parks and is the man behind the Lower Oahe Waterfall Access Area. That's a mouthful. If you're a goose hunter, you probably have met Tim up at the registration trailer out north of Pier. But uh, if you haven't met him and you like to shoot geese, you should probably listen up to his segment and make a jaunt to Pier uh, for a December, January, or early February honker hunt. All right, it's uh, late fall, early winter, although the snow missed us, and I'm out here uh, off Grey Goose Road in probably one of the coolest programs that we run in game fishing parks. I'm sitting across the table from my friend Tim Withers. Tim, what's your title for Game Fish? I'm a program assistant. All right, and what program are we talking about today? Uh, the Lower Oahe Waterfowl Access Program. Tim, what? give me a little history behind this. When did this program start? Uh, it started back in 1998. Uh, the legislature and stuff come together. Uh, there was a need for some three-day licenses uh, for non-residents, uh, so in, it tagged on to those three days were uh, some monies for a startup of a program like this. And uh, we had some great landowners that have, you know, that at back then were willing to put their land in the programs. And some of them continued on now yet uh, since, you know, the last 20, 21 years. Uh, we've grown from... When we started, I think I had 14 registration fields, and all of them were uh, 160 acres in size. Right. Now we're up to close to 50, and some of them are over a section in size. And I think there's only uh, two that are, two or three that are a quarter, you know, 160 acres. Right, so we got about, what, 40, 50 sector chunks of ground or registration fields? Is that what yeah, we're it's at? Like, I think it's 48 registration fields. And then, and then we've got, you've got areas, you know, like uh, strips and stuff that, that people can go if they don't want to. Yeah, there's, you know, there's uh, probably close to 15,000 acres that are not, uh, non-registered type stuff. It's unrestricted. Uh, hunters can show up whenever they want. Uh, most of them have access into those fields. Some are Restricted to a trail, some aren't sure. uh, that type of stuff. So talk about um, talk about the process. So we're here out on the trailer on on. Are, are we still even on Grey Goose Road? This is still Grey Goose Road, isn't it? Yeah, we kind of call track? it Grey Goose. It's the easiest thing to call sure. it. So basically, we're east of uh, like Okaboji, uh, Cow Creek area, correct? Yeah, yeah. Um, huge, huge chunk of ground. I mean, everywhere you look when you get out in this country, there's. The, you know, there's registration fields, and I'm looking at the map, and it, and it is a big, big chunk of ground. But talk about the process. Um, if I'm going to come and I want to hunt geese out in this, out on the lower Oahe access area, what do I got to do? Okay, I guess if you know if they're going to hunt the registration fields, uh, we do, we conduct a drawing every morning, one hour before sunrise. Most of the guys, you know, like I say, they show up 15 minutes to just a few minutes before that drawing time, fill out a registration card with their information and anybody in their hunting party's information. Uh, then when the time comes, we do a drawing, uh, drawing of poker chips. Uh, that, those number, they have numbers on them. Uh, that is how they pick their fields, I mean, sure. basically. 
And you were out, uh, you know, in fact, I think I, I, I probably stopped you from doing your job. You were out looking to see if there were geese flying and stuff. I mean, you're do, you do a really good job of kind of figuring out where those, where those geese are using which field, but, but guys also come out and scout and look around too, right? Yeah, and, you know, that's kind of what I was doing there was uh, I was out looking for those birds. There's, our numbers are so low right now. Uh, trying to get a, you know, an idea of where to, you know, right now, where to tell the guys, you know, stay away from this area. I kind of, we kind of guide them in the right direction. We don't give them field numbers, so right. to speak, but leave that part up to the, to the guys out scouting. Right, and there are, uh, how many fields do we have that have uh, actual pits in them? I'm gonna Ballpark. Say, I'm going to say 12. Perfect. I'll, I'll agree with you. Yeah. A full dozen that have, uh, that have pits in them. So if somebody maybe, uh, you know, didn't feel like using layout blinds or something, those are options too. Yeah, you know, and I guess, you know, this last weekend uh, I had three groups come in. It was rainy, miserable weather, you know. Uh, it... Uh, keep going that but, happens every okay. time <laughs> yeah, yeah it was you know it was rainy uh miserable uh the one group had uh their wives with them and i'd kind of give them some suggestions to stay in this certain area well there weren't pits in those areas these guys just know we're hunting a pit uh even though i told them they may not see a bird right but they wanted to have their wives experience right. the you know have a little more enjoyment you know rather than being out getting soaking wet so, um, talk about this area gets gets used. These geese start showing up, you know, a little later. Although we did get a push in, you know, around Halloween. Uh, I mean, when when those geese show up, this area is. I, I've had some incredible hunting. Not only when there's a lot of geese around, there's a lot of hunters around. I've had a, some really good hunting out here, even when there's low numbers around. You know, yeah, this this whole area up and down the this lower part of Oahe. Uh, it's kind of a, it's a good flyway for the birds. Uh, they come out of North Dakota and come right down into the pier area. Uh, get to see lots of birds. Yeah, you know, some not, some years it's in the hundreds of thousands, and some years it's down in the you know tens of thousands. But the hunting opportunities are you know phenomenal a lot most all the years. And that that's really you know what what really amazes me and it you know the the opportunity and th- this is free. Right. I mean, we're not paying for I mean, we as a department are paying for it, for the access. But for the hunters, they can come out here, put their name in the lot. Heck, we even have some trailers that we're going to talk about, but they're not paying for for the opportunity to come out here. Correct. No, yeah, just... it, it is all totally free. Uh, people, you know, I guess people don't understand, you know, this is it doesn't cost them anything to come out and use these these areas. Uh, we're able to fund a lot, quite a bit of it by those three day licenses, uh, you know. There's some shortfall, but you know, the department's able to cut, you know, take care of all the expenses and uh, keep it free for the hunters. Right. We're talking thousands of acres. Once again, I'm looking over the map over your shoulder. I mean, it is a big, big chunk of ground, and and it's it is pretty cool that we have this program. That you know, if you come out, even if you can't do your scouting, um, you know, you're coming from you know, say Watertown or something, and you want to want a late season goose hunt, you're heading this way, you know. You can get here, get a pretty good idea when those where those birds are using. And when we got, you know, like you said, hundreds of thousands of birds, man, most of these fields you're gonna you're gonna see see geese and, and probably have a really good opportunity to shoot some geese. Let's talk about our trailers. We got three trailers sitting outside. You wanna talk about that program for a little bit? Sure. <clears throat> so what what's what's that all about? Okay, well we started these trailers, these low, decoy loaner trailers, I guess we call them. A uh, few years back, saw kind of a need of you know let's let's get something for these guys that they don't have decoys. It's hard to justify if you only come out once or twice a year. It's hard to justify right. to your wife or anybody else. Uh, <laughs> I just spent ten thousand dollars on a trailer with some decoys. I'm going to use once or twice in the whole year. Uh, this kind of gives that op- opens that up for the guys to come on out, and give it a try. It's free of charge. Uh, they're they're set up, you know, really good for the guys. I mean, there's five dozen full body decoys in there, a couple dozen sleeper shells, four layout blinds, a flag, um, ear and eye protection for those that need them. Or you know, uh, it's 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 just a setup that you know kind of gives the guys a real good. Um, 
not be worth just it. Just good equipment. Yeah, you know, yeah, you know, and be able to actually feel like, hey, I'm not wasting my time right. by having a dozen decoys out in the field. Right, and it's uh, talk about how how this program came together. I mean, you've got some unbelievable sponsors. What about the decoy sponsors? I, I know you got some different decoys in each yeah, trailer. Yeah. It's yeah, you know, each trailer uh, we've used the three major spot, you know, decoy companies. Uh, we had DOA, uh, Dakota Decoy, and Bigfoot. Uh, then we got the decoy part kind of taken care of through some connections and everything, and uh, found some trailer sponsors and type stuff through Shields and Runnings and Cabela's. And then we had the, the Delta Waterfowl chapter here in Pier. Uh, they have been a huge supporter of us. Uh, they have, they've pitched in a lot of money over the years for the trailer programs, whether wherever we needed money, right. they bought, they took care of it for us. It, it is pretty, pretty interesting because I've only got to use them once. And, and while I, I, I'm a good goose hunter, I, I can't call worth a lick, but I do have some friends that are really good hunters, really good callers. Um, the, the quality of the equipment that are in those trailers is pretty amazing. I mean, the, the decoys, like I said, I, I mean, I love to hunt geese, but I can't, I can't justify that that expense of that number of decoys because when we do get out here and those big flocks are working sometimes you need a big big jag of decoys and and that's that's a really good you know that is a really good uh set of equipment or set of tools out there that that you can put them out there if you've got them set up even remotely right you're going to get a look at some geese and uh that's a pretty cool program and we have three of those trailers. They're also free to use, correct? Correct. They're free to use. Uh, that was kind of one of the deals with the the sponsors, I'm going to call them. Uh, the guys, the places that pitched in that money is they wanted to make sure those trailers were free to use for everybody. Uh, you know, no limits on, you know, as far as, you know, keeping it to just people with kids or handicaps. It's open right. to everybody, you know, equal terms. And when those those geese show up, those de- those decoy trailers are are used. Yeah, they're <laughs> you know, especially come weekends, fr- you know, Friday through Monday, uh yeah, there's, you know, a lot of use on them. Right. So we're out here, it's Tuesday. We've got one group out here, is that yeah, what you said? Yeah, we've got one group. And there. and you run you run these draws 7 days a week. Starting when the geese show up until the last day of the season, right? Yeah, we have seven days a week. We're here uh, bright and early every morning, you know, right. waiting for the hunters to show up. So if somebody had a, a day in the middle of the week or a couple of days, man, they'd have the run of the place and they'd have the pick of the trailers if yeah. they wanted to. Yeah, you know, and that's something that uh, there's people that don't understand is it, they don't have to be in a group to come out here and hunt this. If right. they're all by themselves, uh, say if you wanted to come out, it's just you. You're, you pick the field, it's your field, nobody else is joining you. I mean, it's not a group hunt right. as far as, you know, unless you want it to be right. of your own group. Yeah, that's that's pretty awesome. Let's talk about a little bit about, um, you know, some of these areas, they're open to other hunting too. Um, I mean, there's some upland areas that we have, that, you know, that I know there's a lot of, I've shot quite a few pheasants out here. I mean, there's there's some other opportunities out here that, in the area that that people could come and maybe even try to do a combo on if they could if they wanted to. Yeah, you know that that's something that we I guess we started a few you know few years into the program is uh, we saw that need you know or the yeah the the need for the hunters you know to get more access for the guys to do some upland game hunting. Uh, we we're able to talk to the landowners, come to some agreements on stuff. Uh, most of the areas are open to upland game hunting. Uh, None of them, none of those, the waterfowl access lands are open to big game, right. but at least, you know, we were able to get that upland game hunting, you know, opportunity for the guys. Sure. Um, this happens. Don't worry about it. It happens every time. Anybody who's listened to this podcast know that the phone rings occasionally. Um, the, the magic of radio. <coughs> I also cough on everyone too, Tim. So, Tim, uh, if somebody wanted to find some more information... You know, we've got maps online on the website. Um, we've got, you know, there, there's the Lower Oahe um, information that's in the Public Hunting Atlas, correct? Correct. Um, what what phone number would they use if they were looking for 
you know, maybe a little bit more information. You know, I guess the one the, that just rang. This probably the one that just <laughs> the one that just rang. Uh, yeah, that that phone usually goes as we get more birds, uh, that type of stuff. We get more and more phone calls. The guys, uh, and that number is six zero five two six four five three eight zero. It's hard to catch us here, but even like here now, where we're sitting here visiting, right? Uh, there's a voicemail there, and if it's if it's something that's you know I need to take care of, I usually give them a call back. Uh, guess you know a lot of them. My phone number is even on the door now, right? Because uh, I'm in and out so much. Uh, if people need assistance with something, uh, mainly immediate assistant type thing, uh, they can sure give me a call on my cell phone. That's 605-730-1289. That's a bold move giving out your cell phone because <laughs> I don't even do that. <laughs> it, it hangs on the wall. Here. Right. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, we talk about, I, I can't get over it. We talk about opportunity and, and we really push that. This is probably one of the shining stars that we have because, I mean, there's sections and sections and sections of ground that right now, if you were a waterfall hunter and you're looking to shoot geese, Man, you've got more opportunity than you know what to do with because you'd have the run of the place here right now. Yep, yeah, that's you know kind of the guys that are there here today. I mean, they were like, wow, you know, they were expecting to see at least a couple more groups. It's a Tuesday. Right. It's, it's probably one of our slower days anyway, but uh, I think a lot of it's there's still birds elsewhere in the state. Sure. Their seasons haven't closed. Uh, right. Just got done with deer seasons, right. and that's where we normally see – that start of the hunters showing up here from, especially from the eastern part of the state. Right, uh, and I, I was just just popped into my head, and this is kind of off guard, but you know, you look in those trailers. Heck, you even got snow shovels in case a guy gets stuck. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. or they can dig their blinds down. Right, uh, got rakes in them, and you got uh, blind covers. Yeah. I see there's yeah. some snow blind covers and stuff, yeah. and there's rakes to put corn in and stuff. Two inch ball on two, those. Two inch ball, and in fact, we even have extra. Uh, receiver hitch things for them because there's always guys you know they take them off uh, right leave them in their garage get uh, stolen they, may never, <laughs> they may never hardly ever pull, yeah you right. know, they may never hardly ever pull a trailer because right. they don't have one right uh yeah so we have ex- we have extra hitches for them to borrow even so uh just saw that need too that right. hey, I, I left my hitch you know and right and that happens quite often yep so uh, just quickly, five dozen full bodies in each of those trailers, a couple dozen sleepers, four, four blinds, flag. Uh, if you can call, you know, bring your call. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a great duck caller, but I'm a horrible goose caller, so normally I try to bring somebody along who knows what they're doing. But, uh, and that's all they need to know. And I mean, they can get on our website. They, you can register for those, those trailers. That's free of charge, too. Yep, yeah. Um, man, I mean, you talk, like I said, you talk about opportunity. Uh, man, it's right here at the Lower Oahe uh, access area. And I just did look over your shoulder. There is 12 pits. Hey. Man, you know your stuff. <laughs> Tim, let's talk about usage. On an on a average year, uh, I know we started out. What year did we start this program? 1998. Were you here for that first year? I was here. I've man, been here are, since day one. You are a grizzled veteran. <laughs> so I know we started off, you know, probably because... Uh, People just didn't know about it, even. Um, but on a you know on a on a good year or an average year, how many how many hunters are we running through here? I think you know about an average. So you know, looking at our evaluation we do each year, we're averaging in that you know a little over fifteen hundred hunters uh, per year. Uh, so that's you know that's pretty good numbers. Group sizes uh, or group numbers that's you know on that four to five hundred range. You know, sure. so. Kind of puts you in that two to three hunters per group average. Sure. And then what about what about harvest? Um, like a, a an average year, how many geese are we harvesting? Out? You know, we're getting an estimated average harvest of a couple thousand a year. Uh, you know, we've had a high of almost four thousand uh, wow. back in two thousand twelve, and right. that was just a phenomenal year. Right. Yeah, I think I was out here for a couple of youth hunts that year, and it yeah. was incredible. I mean, the the numbers of those little geese and just thousands and thousands of geese and flocks. It's, it, it really is amazing. Um, what do you see for, you know, when guys come out and, and maybe it's their first time or maybe, maybe they come out quite a bit, you know, are they pretty happy, pretty satisfied with the program, pretty satisfied with what we've got? And, and do you hear any comments like, boy, it would be if we could do this or, and I know it's waterfall hunting and it's migration based, but what do you hear from hunters that, as far as like satisfied, 
you know, their satisfaction. Satisfaction. You know, and that's, we do that with our registration cards. You know, we have a, a survey they fill out and return back either here or throw it in the mail. And that's something I guess, you know, we've been kind of proud of, the department has been, myself, uh, get to see that, you know, that ratings, what we're getting. And we always try to stay in that 80% range of sure. satisfied hunters. Right. Um, and we've, so far, I mean, even bad years, the guys are just so happy to, you know, hey, they got this opportunity. Right. We've been able to maintain that that level. Uh, you know, you always have the 1% or 2%, you know, or less that are dissatisfied. Sure. It could be that, you know, who knows? They maybe, got stuck. <laughs> yeah, maybe they had a flat tire right. or, you know, they got up late or, you know, right. whatever, you know. Right. Cool. Well, thanks again for your time, Tim. I appreciate all that you do. I know that uh, you're a busy guy. How can time fly just pass by without saying hi to me? How can time fly just pass by without saying bye to me? Good stuff from Tim. A couple of cool programs he's running, and guess what, folks? Like we said, it's all free. Uh, if you want some more information on the loaner program for those goose trailers, the decoy trailers, or the Lower Oahe Waterfall Access Program, go to gfp.sd.gov and search Lower Oahe up in the search bar up in the upper right. Awesome search bar on our website. That's how you find everything. But uh, search Lower Oahe on the GFP website. Come up with uh, some pictures of the trailers, how to register for those trailers, uh, more information on how to get a hold of old Timmy and... Uh, Find out what the goose action's going on. We're going to keep rolling with the goose theme and chat it up with an old buddy of mine, Sam Kennecke, who is a goose-killing son of a gun. How can time fly just pass by without saying hi to me? How can time fly just pass by without saying bye to me? Yeah. All right, welcome back to the... South Dakota Game Fishing Parks GFP podcast and blast. I'm sitting here with probably one of the goose killingest uh, human beings that I've ran across in my 20 some years in Pier. Uh, I've had some unbelievable hunts with this guy and I've never pulled the trigger. I shot a lot of film and burned through a lot of batteries. But uh, I'm sitting here with my friend Sam Kennecke of Pier. Uh, Sam uh, is a Pier boy. I've uh, been here his whole life. Played baseball for a short time and a couple of years in college, four years in college in Aberdeen. I think he went there for the uh, waterfall hunting, but managed to eke out a degree. And uh, now he's back. And like you said, he's a goose killing SOB. I probably learned more about hunting big flocks of geese from Sam than any other human being alive. So, Sam, thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks, Chris. Appreciate it. Sam, I was just out talking with our friend Tim Withers about the Lower Wahi access area and uh, went out there and there was one group on a Tuesday. Um, tell me how your season's been going around this area, first of all. Oh, we really haven't hunted a whole lot. Um, several times, you know, and pretty scarce number of birds. That's uh, obviously what prohibits the fact of not as many hunters being right. out right now, but um, I think that migration, you know, if you look at the extended forecast, it doesn't look like it's going to get too cold anytime soon. But right. I think it will pick up. And once it does, you'll see the number of hunters um, attending the, the Sheehan registration area and just pure in general and central South Dakota as well. Um, I think that's kind of the big, influ you know, the influence on that whole topic, I guess. And we've been out a couple times, and to be frankly honest, it hasn't been real successful, um, you know, just – Two, either two nights of weather, or birds right. not moving at the right time. There's no pattern to them, right. and that happens. Right, that's that's water, that's hunting. Right, that's waterfalling in, in general. But like you said before, before we started taping, that can change in a heartbeat. I mean, we get some cold weather, and then all of a sudden, you know, there's fifty thousand new birds in the area, and and yeah, and and the crazy part about it is what I've learned about our area is. If we get a hard push of birds, you're not going to get any steady patterns for at least seven to ten days. Right. And once those birds pattern out is when um, you see a lot more hunters, you know, noticing it as well. Right. And I guess for myself being um, someone who likes to be out in the country and noticing that kind of stuff, you know, we'll pick up a lot of birds. And those are the, some of the fun days to hunt because those are migration days. Right. Birds are just fresh and new. Um you know, they're, if you get within some some proficient areas, you're going to have some pretty good hunts. But, um, 
like I said earlier when we were talking, things can change you know, overnight around here. Right. I mean, you get some cold days north of us or just some snow. And if you get some snow up in North Dakota and um, even in uh, Regina right now, too, there's right. still than a lot of birds in Canada. Um, a lot of stuff can change. Right. So let's talk about, I grew up in the Northeast where, you know, two dozen big shells, maybe a half a dozen Bigfoot decoys, <laughs> and we would kill all the big geese that, that we could that we could absolutely want, you know, day after day. Um, I came to Pierre, and I, I was overwhelmed. I really was. I had no idea how to hunt these big flocks of birds, and, and, and I'd seen guys, and I'd even been out got, with guys, and you spend, you know, uh, ungodly amount of time on, on moving decoys and trailers. I don't even know if I saw a decoy trailer until I moved to Pierre 20 years ago or whenever it was. But talk about, like, a, a general setup. Um, you know, I, I know people talk about, oh, you got to have, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of decoys out. And, and, you know, talk about, like, how you go about, like, scouting and, and like, just a general setup. you got four or five guys that are going out. Um, just talk about scouting, I guess, first. I mean, I know big, you guys spend a lot of time doing that. Big thing is knowing what to look for. Um, and, again, it takes time, you know, and it's, I would say waterfall hunting is a single man's sport right, in a right. sense and i'm not a single man and i don't have that time it's like i used to but um it's uh it's definitely something that is time consuming and i think i catch more grief at times from my wife for being on scouting than i am hunting right because our a lot of times our hunts won't take long and right um at times our hunts can take all day long so it just kind of de- depends and um to anyone who who who's been in waterfall hunting for a long time or just in the industry or anyone in the pier area they know that um the most the best quality hunts you're going to have is going to be based off of the information you're provided and based off of um you putting in the time and effort to make your hunt productive you know it's not one of those deals anymore and like you were saying I remember when, even in Pier, when you could hunt over two dozen shells right. and you shoot your geese. I mean, I grew up with that, and it's it's totally evolved. It's not that anymore, unfortunately. I wish it kind of still was because that was the good old days and right. that was a fun time. But um, it, it it's it's changed so much that there there's so much planning that goes into it. And what I've come to notice is, if you don't have your homework done, you're not going to get a good hunt. I mean the likeliness of you getting a good right. put together is pretty slim. Right. Talk about, um, you know, I never shot, you know, what we call hutchies or the yeah. small geese. Yep. I'd never, you know, you'd see them come through, uh, insisting just occasionally. I mean, you get to Sand Lake and stuff and you start seeing them. But talk about the difference in those birds compared to like, a, you know, what we call these giant honkers, the 17, 18, 19-pound honkers that hang out in groups of six. But- Not... 5,000. Yeah, a lot of guys don't like hunting the lessers. And lessers, um, a lesser or a lesser Canada goose, um, right. just a, it's another subspecies right. or a hutchie as everyone calls right. it as well. Um, they can be a real pain in the butt to hunt if you don't know what you're hunting and how to do it. Just their, their, their habits of, um, of everything that they do is totally backwards from what a, a greater Canada goose does right. and from an early season Canada goose and I mean even from a um, um, they're more of a I guess if you want to call it they they act more like a snow goose and they act more right. like a speckabelly goose or a white front and their habits are very similar to those but in the same sense you got to take into factor they're still a Canada goose right. at the end of the day and you're, you, you have to look into a lot of different um scouting technique you know even decoy placement to calling side of things and um to hunting a lesser is much more work than it is hunting a a greater now a lot of time when you get a lesser's in you know if they do it right it's going to be really good yeah um i think you were with a couple years back yeah um on a a youth hunt and i think those kids i think we ran about every kid in the hunt through one decoy spread and they had a really good hunt right um but regardless of that you know, it's the fact of those kids getting to watch those birds work. Right. And I don't think a lot of adults had ever seen something like that. You know, I I had personally, I'd been in situations of those, and typically on sizes of flocks like that, 
you ain't going to cut into them. You're not right. going to shoot into bunches of that size, but knowing the magnitude of what was kind of happening, right. you, had to, you have to do something. Right. Um, but they are a breed of their own. They're hard to hunt. If you can figure out how to get them and you can be successful with it, they're probably they're one of my favorites. They're, they're one of the funnest things to hunt when they can do it right. right. I'm, I'm sitting here in your office looking at a couple pictures of, of you guys. Uh, one's some snow geese, and one's some, you know, there's graders <laughs> and, and snow geese and and hutchies and stuff coming just raining down and and i i did get to do that a couple times around the camera one time hunting how other than the size of of just a decoy spread when you're hunting these smaller geese or do you are you setting them up differently are they more family groups are they let fewer family groups i mean do you have to obviously leave a bigger hole um it goes into your scouting um you know and i told people that in the past you know they're they're asking they're saying you know you can't kill these birds can't kill these birds and i don't i'm I'm thinking to myself you ain't doing enough homework right you know you can kill them birds anyone can kill them you just got to know what you're doing and um and i shouldn't say kill that's such a bad thing to be using but i think they can shoot them right you know and um knowing that you know with a lot of lessers they there's they're so aggressive with how they feed you know, so you have to take that in consideration. You never want to sit in one spot more than once. So they're going to be up and they're moving around. And a lot of time, um, they'll spin or they're they're moving over top of each other. So I mean, the tendency of sending your decoy is more compact um, and a longer, you know, a longer I guess um, width and um, length of a decoy spread makes a big difference. Um, motion's a big deal with them too. A lot, you know, um, my group of guys that I hunt quite a bit with and. They all kind of know when we get out there, we know who's, you know, for hunting lessers, they know what their role is, right. you know, for the most part. And calling's a big thing with them, too. They they take a lot more work on a, on a goose call than right. a greater Canada does. And um, But, again, the reward is usually pretty cool. Right. But um, that's the hardest part about going about it is right. making sure that, yeah you've noticed what they're doing prior to you hunting them. Right. And then usually if that is the case – your chances of successful being successful is going to be much better. Right. So let's talk about, you're talking a lot about homework and, and, and calling and, and learning. Uh, I've hunted with three or four of you guys and you sounded like a thousand geese. <laughs> Other, I mean, I know practice is a part of it, but who, who's somebody that you cut your teeth with or who's some of the guys that you cut your teeth with that allowed you to learn and just not take out and, and okay, you're going to sit here and when I tell you to shoot, shoot. Um, who did you learn from? Um, big guys that come to my mind. Um, my uncle was one of my biggest influences. Um, he's from Minnesota. Um, he's on a waterfall over the entire United States. I'm a very avid duck hunter. Um, I'm, I just talked to him today. Um, I, I'm probably not going to get him switched from being a duck hunter. Right. You know, he's pretty passionate about it and told him that's not as fun. But, right. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, and he's, it's, it's, it, we had a good conversation today. He's going through uh, chemo treatments right now. Um, he's got some pretty heavy cancer and, um, he actually told me that he's going to be pretty excited cause he, um, I think he gets to go on and hunt for the first time oh, this year. Right so that's pretty cool. Right on. Um, but I have to give a lot of kudos to him. He's the one who taught me how to blow a short read goose call. Um, I still can't do that. <laughs> it's not, not easy. <laughs> um, he taught me how to blow a short read goose call and taught me, uh, you know, this the different technique and then I had kind of had to take it from there. Um, the other one that just, this one's just more of creating opportunity is Wicker Bill. Sure. Um, as everyone in the peer area knows, um, Wicker's got a very tender spot for kids. And he, I owe him, I owe him, I don't know how many thank yous, you know, for everything. Right. He's, the butt chewings I've got and the high fives I've received and this, that, you know, the snickering smiles from him that, you know, you're kind of doing something right. Right. He's done that for not just myself, but kids throughout the last 30 years, right. you know. Um, but those are two guys that I owe a lot of those kudos to. And obviously my my dad. Um, my dad's my best friend. So him right. being able to take me out hunting and putting up with me when I was a little kid. <laughs> now it's like total vice versa. I just had to get on him a couple of weeks ago about shooting in one direction or the other and um, there's some fair choice words exchanged, right. but I think I think he understood what I was getting at when it was right. all said and done. But um, those three guys are probably the big ones, and then you know just my my friends I hunt with, you know whether you're in that teenage age or the what I like to call your college party days, or even as you get older, you still have that core of friends that you hunt right. with, and 
you know, those are the guys you hunt with. A lot of people don't like hunting with other people, and um, I, I like hunting with my buddies. Right. And we know each other. We right. know, you know, when we get out to a field, um, we know who's in charge of what, who needs to take care of getting the blinds taken right. care of, who's going to take care of the decoys, you know, who's going to be um, even down to parking the truck to knowing who's flagging, knowing who's going to be even sitting in what blinds or what. You know, it's it's kind of a system. And after you've hunted with people long enough, it's it's pretty awesome to do because I mean you can get you know we were just talking about big decoy spreads, you could put three hundred decoys out in twenty minutes. It's doable, right? <laughs> and for people to say it's not, it one hundred percent is, right? You know, so um, I think that's a big kudo to that too. And um, they're just you know those are the people to me that have influenced. Yeah, me you know, most. It it is funny because we're doing a big big push. Don't worry, it's every every one of our episodes has had calls and stuff like that it's it's just part of it it's it's actually I, i've come to expect it so i just had one with withers too so Sorry about that. no no problem um you know big push in 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 game fish in fact i went to a, a conference this this summer down in lincoln about recruitment retention reactivation of hunters and recruitment of hunters is a thing and, and one of the things that i brought up quite a few times is you know Hunting, you know, like deer hunting is a solitary thing. Um, pheasant hunting is more of a group thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, waterfall hunting is very much a tight-knit um, group. And, and like you said, you you only get so many times a year to go do it, so you do it with your buddies, you do it with the people that you like to hunt with. And, you know, so if I ever get invited, like, the, you know, the times I've gone with you guys, yeah. it's just like, whoa, you know, it's kind of overwhelming. I'll do my part, but I also don't <laughs> want to stay out of the way. But it, it's it's hard to get in in a group and it's hard to create your groups but going into that i'll say that you know it was eight years ago i think i looked the first time i went with you on a youth goose hunt we're going to talk about that in a second but i know there's kids because i see them now that were on those hunts and those were their first legitimate goose hunts these kids are driving around with old junkie pickups and they got you know a hundred shells and five dozen Bigfoots or five dozen DOAs or Dakota decoys in the back of their pickups and they hunt and that's what they do. And I've seen some of their senior pictures and they're, they're in a duck slew or they're out in a goose field taking senior pictures. So while maybe these one time events aren't always, you know, the answer to creating a hunter, if you can put a kid or a group of buddies in front of, of geese and watch them work and watch them, you know, have success, it does light that fire, and and it does work. So let's get in. Let's get in. Um, you, you were you, you hit a point right there that um, my daughter, who's nine years old, or I'm sorry, she's eight years old, going to be nine here soon. Um, she was watching some YouTube videos with me, and I showed her the one, a couple of just some hunting, and one of the ones she wanted to look at was one that you had created, and right. part of that video was lighting a fire, right, and. If I remember correctly, that was a that was on a public access hunt. It was. It was yep. a youth hunt. It was and, on one of the lower Oahe yep. fields. And uh, we were watching that, and she didn't believe that those were real birds. Right. You know, and, um, and I'm explaining everything to her, and she's thinking, this is pretty cool. So in that sense, you know, I know I've got a lot of young girls in my house, but I'm trying to light a fire under them right. and trying to take them, but... I'm not getting a whole lot of luck done with that. (laughs) Um, But regardless of it, that's what it's all about. And like you mentioned, kids that are nowadays, uh, they were 14 years old or 12 years old when I was taking them on hunts. And it makes me feel really old now, too, that these kids now, I'm competing against them to get on fields. And these kids now are, this is how respectful a lot of them are. They're calling me. Right. And they're calling me and saying, hey, um, I, do you guys hunt this ground? Can we hunt with you? Absolutely. Right. right. You can go hunt with us as long as you guys are chill and cool about things. Right. You know, we're going to hunt, but um, which is awesome. And that's yeah. what you wanted to see. So then knowing that, we lit a fire under some of right. these kids. Um, there's some other ones out there that never attended the youth hunt but um, have have grown to liking it over the last three right. or four years. And they're, they're in that same boat. And right. you can't fault anyone for that because I was in the same situation right. when I was their age. Um, I think it's the best thing in the world when I get a photo or I get this these text messages or um, I, I, I hear about some kids that went out 
And they had a really successful hunt. Right. You know, and that's what you want to see. And sometimes you can get a little jealous. Right. You know? Yeah. I'll be Dude, the first. you didn't call. Yeah, I'll be, like, <laughs> I'll be the first to admit that. I mean, like, dang it. <laughs> right. I can hunt that piece, too. <laughs> you know, but um, you get those and you're, you look at it and you're like, but they did it right. Right. They did it right. And there's been times in where I've had to jump on people about stuff and, you know, and having conversations about, you know, um, just making sure that they're doing you know they're being right to landowners right. you know don't over try and overstep a boundary with them and make sure you're treating them well right because if we don't have them there there ain't nothing there yep. you know and um I, I think it's fantastic what that youth hunt has right. done and i think the right. youth hunt has brought a lot of um of of that feeling the fire to right. kids so let's talk about that youth hunt uh how many years is this God, I, I don't even remember 26 or 27 26. i think you, it's 27 and you've been involved I'm gonna have to check your uh, check your map. This is, I'm sorry. This is the 29th year. 29th. 29th year. year. I actually have the flyer sitting right here. Right now. <laughs> what? So when when is it this year? Uh, hunts January or January 11th through 13th. 11th it's Friday 13th. and Saturday. Friday night is a uh, um, safety seminar. Right. Um, we usually like to have one of our COs come and talk, right. and then we do a safety talk and kind of prep the kids for what to be pre- prepared for. Um, We'll do that, and then there'll usually be some prizes given away Friday night, yep. and then we'll hunt Saturday morning. Same thing. We'll kind of apply. We'll bring a new batch of kids in on Saturday night and do the same thing over again. Right. So it's uh, pre- it's worked out pretty well. Um, I remember back when I took the hunt over, um, or not myself, but just our committee kind of took the hunt over. It was kind of a cluster to begin with, and now we got a pretty well-oiled system yeah. of how things need to go. Yeah. How many how many kids are you running through on a weekend? Uh, we run through. Um, it used to be a lot. Um, we used to just not have a limitation. Right. Um, that's what Wicker and Brian had always kind of wanted. Right. So we're not going to limit a kid from a you know hunt, and we still don't want to do that. But we unfortunately we also want to teach game management. Right. And game management is sometimes even bigger, you know, thing to teach to some of these kids. So what we we did, and we actually implemented this last year, we do 50 kids a day. Um, so 100 kids total between a weekend. Um, and I think the most we'd ever ran through in one weekend was 183. Yeah. And that was... Yikes. I was tired. <laughs> That's a lot. I right? was tired. And it, so, like, my crew was tired. Every, every you know, every guide out there, that right. five, six different decoy spreads was exhausted. Right. Um, I think I got home and right to sleep because I had nothing left yeah. in me. and. Um, but it's worth it. Um, but we do run 50 kids a day, and typically we'll run anywhere between, you know, three to five decoy spreads. Yep. So it, it really breaks the kids up, and we want to make sure that, like I talked about the game management, we don't want to make sure that um, we, we're hurting the wildlife. Right. We want to make sure that these kids are learning that, you know, we don't need to shoot four geese a kid, you know, per kid. You right. can shoot two geese a kid and get still out of the field and still have too. a good hunt. Right. So... Um, it's been a couple of years since I've been there. Are you yeah. still? Are you looking for kids still? Are you? Uh... Absolutely. I know there's a doodle page um, signed up. Uh, you can access that doodle page um, from my understanding on the GFMP website, or if you can get your hands on one of the flyers for right. the youth hunt, the doodle page is on there. That's where your your access is. The login. Um, you'll put your information the day you're going to be attending. Yep. Um, and then you'll just basically have to show up for that night. Usually, I'd show up uh, anywhere between a half hour to forty five minutes early. Um, so you can get, make sure your pre-registration right. is done um, for each one of the kids. Um, free, right? Yeah, absolutely free. Free to everyone. We, we're, we're not going to we're not going to ever charge a kid for this. You right. know, um, obviously, if you can get your mom and dad to drive you there, that's the best yeah, part yeah, about right. it. But <laughs> yeah, it's going to be free hunting, um, free shells, free food. Um, f- we give prizes, giveaways yep. during uh, both days of the seminars, Friday night and Saturday night. Um, and we don't expect those kids, you know, whether they're underprivileged or ones that have just they're avid waterfallers. We want to make sure that they're attending. Right. We get some great groups out of. I know McCook County had some at one point in time. Rapid City. Rapid brings some kids. Rapid right. does a fantastic job of getting kids to that for us. And um, you know, like I mentioned, kids that just had never had an opportunity to do it before, and they think it's the coolest thing in the world. Right. That's all. And it, it's not the the thing that you know. I I talk and I've done three of these. I think with you guys. The funniest thing is, you know, you'll have these amazing hunts, but it, and it's they're not just sitting in a pit or sitting in a blind all day. You do break it up. 
they get to go back to the registration trailer and have hot dogs and and you know some of my friends kids are i was like what was your favorite part and it's like ah oh, the chili dog it's like <laughs> dude you had an amazing hunt and the chili you know it's just like, yeah but it's all part of it right so they're not sitting there freezing no. their heinies and no and that's the thing is like you know we've kind of educated our groups where usually my group likes to we like to hunt out of layout blinds. Right. And the reason being is because I think the kids get a little more involvement and they're more proficient yep. at shooting when they're hunting out of a layout blind versus when they're in a pit. They a lot of time can't see because yep. they're my size. Right. You know, and I have to, I have to stand on the right. <laughs> <laughs> So that, that does happen. Um, and we all kind of agreed that we need to hunt out of layout blinds. And the other part of it is you're mobile. Right. You know, so then we can pick up and move wherever we got to right. go. Which is a big benefit, and those kids, what I'm getting at is um, we've never, you know, don't get me wrong, we've had times where I've seen guys that I hunt with where they frostbite their hands or whatever, right. um, but we, if those kids get cold, we get them out of there immediately. Right. I'm not going to hurt someone. I don't want to you know, make sure that they're safe. Right. Safety is the number one thing. Safety yep. is, you know, I, I, I mentioned earlier about hunting with my dad and um, a situation that we had earlier this year, and I'm not faulting him for nothing, but... Sometimes I feel safer hunting with kids, right? Because they're very cautious. They just came yes. out of you know the schooling, and right. um, and I think that most adults have to go through it again too. Probably not a bad idea. No, and I, that's a great thing because those kids um, at the end of the hunt they know what like they know they know their place and they know what right. they got to be doing and where they the understand gun should be it. and everything else. I think the other thing of hunting out of layout blinds with those kids too is that when those geese do come in and you're you know everybody's got to stay still. These geese are just circling and circling. I mean that that's a, such a big buildup, right? And they know, okay, I got to sit still, or I'm going to goof this up for everybody. And, yep. and it can be overwhelming. I mean, you know, when I was filming with you guys, I've got my blind backwards, and I'm behind everybody, and I'm trying not to move, but I'm still trying to get good footage and good photos. It's like this is impossible, but it's amazing. So, you know, kudos to you guys. And I do know, you know, I've seen you guys, you know, before the hunt, everything's set up and it's first light and. Maybe the geese aren't flying right away, and you're like, okay, you know, teaching the kids how to get up and shoot and, you know, get up out of your blind, and here's where your gun's supposed to be. And and, and it is. I've hunted with a lot of kids and done a lot of youth events, and, and this event is one of the coolest as far as just having it all come together and, and getting a great opportunity and a free opportunity. There's nothing better than when you get a, a quality situation that comes together. And, you know, for the kids out there, that have been there and done that and they know you know they we had a kid this last year that i thought that had never even hunted waterfall in his life and he got out there and he was like he couldn't miss right <laughs> he just legitly couldn't miss and i finally looked at him and i asked him you know how many birds you killed and he looks at me and goes i got my four i'm like all right you're done and he's like okay like it was right. just that it, right. it, you know and a lot of time you get pushback from them where right. i want to stay i want to stay i want right. to stay and um he, he understood and um at that that i think and back to what you're saying i think that had a lot to do with the fact that before the hunt we kind of pre-educated the kids on right. you know if we kill two geese a person that's our goal right but if we shoot four <coughs> per all you that's fantastic that's amazing. Right. and he understood that you know he listened and he understood right. that and by the end of the hunt it was it was quality right so, well, kudos to you guys. I know it's a ton of work and, 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 uh, just because I've been involved in that event and a lot of other kids events and it's, and you know, it's, like I said, we, we talked about a little bit lighting that fire. And, and I, I know for a fact that this is working because I see kids that whose parents aren't necessarily diehard waterfowlers. These kids are now diehard waterfowlers and it stems back to some of that stuff, but they can go to a, a GFP website, gfp.sd.gov. If you click on waterfowl, It'll bring down a Dropbox. You can find that doodle page there. Sign up. Um, if not, you know, call the call the GFP uh, um, phone number in Pier. You can ask for me, uh, Chris Hull. I can sure get you in touch with Sam and his crew. Um, Sam, I appreciate the time and I appreciate the efforts that you guys go through. And and uh, if the geese do start flying, I mean, you got my number, man. I'll, I'll come running. I can <laughs> I can dig out a stuck pickup just as well as anybody else. But yeah, I. I'm I'm with you there, and then you know we we had kind of discussed of you know we were supposed to have a meeting this Thursday night and kind of discussing the what ifs right. you know and we're, our best thing is we want to we want to plan for worst case scenario right. you know so um, we're gonna make sure we're gonna give it our best shot we're gonna try to make sure that it's a proficient hunt and the kids get on some quality fields but um, we need you know we need full effort kind of from everyone right. involved and um, 
We'll see where it takes us. Give me the official title of the the, the event. I it's a Central South Dakota Youth Goose Hunt. That's what it 29th is. 29th annual. 29th um, annual. That's January amazing. 11th through 13th. Uh, registration begins at 7 o'clock p.m. Friday and Saturday night at the Ramcota. Um, you know, registration can be um, done on the Doodle page, like Chris said, and also when you get there at the Ramcota, we'll get you registered that night as well. Right. But pre-register ahead of time because yep. this, this one usually does fill up. But thanks for your time, buddy. Thanks for your efforts. I appreciate it. Thanks again. Good, good stuff from my old buddy Sammy. Makes me want to go out and try to bag a Christmas goose. Uh, I got more time than money, and I don't have much either. But that's all we got for this episode. Uh, Go get outside. Go do something outside. Uh, Chase a late-season pheasant. Go ice fishing, but remember to be safe. Two inches of good ice minimum to walk on. Four inches to fish. Uh, eight inches for a four-wheeler. Uh, I've already seen pictures of guys driving up on uh, sloughs up in the northeastern part of the state. It's just not smart. Not smart. Uh, I've dropped a pickup through one time up on South Buffalo Lake, and luckily we got it out without too much uh, trouble. And then two weeks later, my friend Jim Crease and I dumped another pickup through. So uh, it's not much fun. So be smart out there. Be safe. Uh, you've got loved ones and family and stuff to come home to. <laughs> so... Um, go cross country skiing, snowshoe, you know, put on a pair of snowshoes. You got snowshoe rentals and stuff at a lot of our parks. Ton of fun. Um, heck, go watch some winter birds. Um, lots of eagles and other kinds of birds around the pier area, but I know, um, you know, winter's a great time to take a peek and maybe even start feeding some birds when they're cold. Uh, but December's awesome in South Dakota and you should be out there somewhere, somehow, enjoying the outdoors. That's it for this episode of the South Dakota Game Fishing Parks Podcast and Blast. Uh, I'm Chris Hall signing off, hoping that you're getting your Christmas shopping done and hoping you get to be somewhere awesome for the holiday season. Thanks for listening. It's down the bar.